Can something as simple as being aware of what you're sensing and feeling in the moment or focusing on your breath make a difference in how you feel? These are just two examples of practicing mindfulness. In today's show, we're talking to Dakota Jones from Sarah Bush Lincoln Hospice. Dakota is an advocate of practicing mindfulness on a daily basis. He'll tell us more about what it is, how to get started, and how we can all benefit from a little bit of awareness. We'll be right back after this quick message. A tumble on the field, a slip on the ice, years of repetitive wear and tear. We can help you. We fix broken bones, repair and replace joints, help people improve mobility and relieve pain. Sarah Bush Lincoln has some of the most highly skilled orthopedic and hand surgeons in the country, and they want to help you get back to the things you love. Learn more at sarahbush.org. Sarah Bush Lincoln, trusted, compassionate care. Hello and welcome to Health Styles. I'm your host, Lori Banks. And today I have a new guest with me. His name is Dakota Jones. And Dakota is a bereavement counselor with Sarah Bush Lincoln Hospice. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah. So um, before we get into the topic, which is going to be mindfulness, just tell us a little bit about what you do at Sarah Bush Lincoln Hospice. Sure. Yeah. So like you uh, like you mentioned, I'm the bereavement counselor over here. And I actually work with all of our uh our northern community families. So um, I do work sometimes with the families um, before uh, a death of somebody on hospice, but typically I work with the with the patients' families afterwards, follow up with them for uh, for 13 months. I offer one-on-one counseling. Um, I also offer some, some family counseling. We do a grief group as well. Uh, I'm holding a grief group currently uh, once a week that we have some some hospice families there. That's also open to the to the community. So I offer a bunch of good services uh, that really we don't have anywhere else other than here at Sarah Bush. All right. So today we're going to talk about mindfulness. Now, many of us have heard, you know, hashtag Mindfulness Monday or Mindfulness Minute. Can you explain what is mindfulness? Sure. So mind, it's kind of tricky, but mindfulness really is is almost a, a state in which we can be. We can be more mindful. Um, so I think some people might get mindfulness confused with um, like saying mindfulness is a task, right? Or it's a, it's a process in which we're doing. And really it's, it's not that at all. It's, it's kind of a state of being present, um, with whatever is going on around us, uh, being present with our body, our thoughts, our environment, um, and kind of just letting these things come to us in a non-judgmental way, you know, not pushing any kind of uh, preconceived notions or fears or insecurities on our thoughts or, or any situation we're in, but kind of just allowing what it is to be and, and just being present in the moment. So is it the same as meditation then, or is it a different practice? So it is a, a good way to think about it is mindfulness is what we get after meditation. So um, if we were to compare it maybe to exercise, uh, doing the exercise, right, lifting the weights, that would be meditation, uh, what we get afterwards is mindfulness, and that would be kind of being fit, okay. right? So that's 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 the the outcome of of doing more mindful practices uh, like meditation. Okay, so I'm going to throw this question at you. How did you get interested in mindfulness? Is it something you're using when you're talking to your um, your families? Absolutely, it's something that I I always suggest, and I don't. I don't tell any anybody uh, any patients that I work with. I don't tell them to do anything, but I give lots of suggestions, and that's that's a core suggestion, um, not only for someone who's bereaved or experiencing grief, but really it's it's for anybody. I think there's there's just good benefits 
um, to having this and, and kind of learning learning to meditate and utilize a formal practice. Um, and I got into it actually right before COVID, thankfully. Uh, I, I actually utilized it quite a bit um, during COVID and, and kind of working through some of the stressors of the pandemic and, and working in healthcare during that time. Um, but I, I stumbled across um, a, couple of, a couple of books and got interested that way. And then I started using a app actually called Headspace. And uh, I still use that to this day, actually. And I'm, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I live and die by it. Um, I use it every single day. And it really, it's, it's brought a lot of quality of life. Okay, so I don't know, listeners, if you can hear this, it sounds like we're in a hurricane. Yes. But we're here in Illinois where we don't get hurricanes, but it is pouring rain. (laughs) Thankfully, as I came over to your building, I did not walk through that to get here. Hopefully, it will subside by the time we're done with our podcast. So bear with us with the rain um, coming down. It sounds like we're in a tent. It does. It's really loud. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So you touched upon some of the benefits of uh, mindfulness. Let's give us some more benefits. Sure. So I think um, one is managing some depressive symptoms, um, whether it's it's if we're dealing with chronic depression or we're maybe dealing with something that's a bit more seasonal or something that has an ebb and a flow to it. Um, you know, integrating with formal practices has been shown to decrease depressive symptoms over time. Um, also, people who maybe have depression on more of a that's a little bit more cyclical. Um, people have noticed that those cycles are broken up more. Um, their bouts of depression are less, um, and their depressive symptoms are much easily, much more easily managed uh, if they have a, a more formal uh, meditation practice, uh, which is awesome. I think one of the big ones that, that people probably have heard, especially in the past couple of years, is for anxiety reduction. And I think that, that there's, there's plenty, plenty of proof that that uh, definitely is helping folks. One of the big reasons, I think, is, is that you know, as we're kind of plagued with chronic stress, um, very rarely, very rarely are we focused actually on what we're doing. We're, we're, we have a lot of busy work, um, but we're not actually focused on what we're doing. Um, and sometimes, just uh, working through a mindfulness program or, or working on meditation, we realize that a lot of the thoughts that we're having, um, there are no bad thoughts, right? No good or bad thoughts. Just sitting with our thoughts can help to manage our anxiety and. Know when we associate a thought maybe with uh, with being bad, for instance, maybe it's oh I have this work project and I think I did poorly on it. Um, when we really think about those, they kind of we ruminate on it, and unfortunately, those thoughts kind of become sticky in nature. Uh, so these sticky thoughts hang around, and and the more that they hang around, the harder we push them, the hard the more that they come back, um, and it's it's kind of it's very difficult, I think, to manage for a lot of folks. And, and when we have five or 10 or 20 of these sticky thoughts hanging around, it's very hard to, to pay attention to anything that we're doing. And uh, mindfulness practices can really help us to realign ourselves and become grounded and manage those anxieties a little bit better, which is very nice. And I would say that is actually probably, um, out of all the folks that I work with, I would say that seems to be um, the most common one is, you know, I feel less anxious when I'm not meditating, right? Outside of the formal practice, I feel less anxious. <clears throat> um, another really important one uh, is increased emotional regulation. Again, going back to understanding that um, we are not our thoughts, right? And, and thoughts are just a product of a thinking mind. And when we're able to kind of remove ourselves from that position and um, look at our thoughts and, and rather than saying this is a bad or a good thought, just that thoughts are happening. Um, 
we can more easily kind of focus on our own emotional regulation rather than um, reacting to a situation. We, we can kind of think and then take action. Um, those practices give us one or two seconds to kind of think about what we're doing before we respond or before <laughs> we maybe accidentally bite someone's head off. <laughs> Always important. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and, and also as, as unbelievable as it seems, uh, cognitive function actually has been shown to improve significantly. Um, a more sustained attention, uh, cognitive flexibility incre- increases quite a bit. And also we have a better uh, ability to kind of suppress thoughts that might be interfering um, with what we're trying to focus on. This is very important, um, not only with our interpersonal relationships, we can actually be present with those folks and and in turn have a little bit more quality time, but also it it can help us be a little bit more productive. Um, When we're at work and we realize that um, maybe we're, we're having some thoughts that are intruding on our, on our workspace or, or something is intruding on what we're doing. Um, if we're a bit more aware of it, we can kind of work around it and, and in turn become a little bit more productive. Okay. So let's get down to it. How do you, how do you do mindfulness? Do I have to sit on the floor with my legs crossed and my, you know, my thumb and my forefinger touching and say, mm, <laughs> is that what I have to do? You, I'm going to play skeptical here. Skeptic. Um, you can do that <laughs> if you would like. Um, I don't know very many people who have formal practices in that capacity, Um, but you could do that, but you don't have to. And, you know, um, again, mindfulness is kind of the being mindful is the state in which we want to be, but formal practices and informal practices, um, I guess we can kind of touch on those. So a formal practice, for instance, would be, um, actively meditating, right? Using a guided meditation, doing it yourself, attending a meditation class. That's a formal practice. An informal practice is something that we're, is a lot less structured. Maybe we're, um, noticing the heavy rain. Uh, right now and then actually paying attention to the sound of that for a moment Um, or just paying attention to our breath work for a moment is while we're sitting at our desk whatever we're doing Uh, so another thing could be journaling it's something that I suggest and something that I do as well Um, because when we're when we're thinking okay I'm going to have a journal entry maybe in the morning um, and then again in the evening time what we're doing is we're actually whether it's intentional or not we're being a bit more mindful of our day because we know we kind of have an assignment at the end of it Right, where when we get to the end of our day, we can reflect on on what things have happened, and um, sometimes we can we can even add a gratitude journaling practice into that. That is something that's very mindful. Obviously, I suggest uh, meditation. Uh, there's a reason that everybody knows what it is, and that's because legitimately it does work. I think uh, it's probably the the best formal practice to really get introduced into a more mindful thought process. Okay, so how long? <laughs> How long does it take? How long? I mean, people are like I want to know how long does it take? How long? How you know for it to be effective? Sure, sure. And I guess um, some of that's subjective, and I think that it matters as to what uh, what expectation we're going in for. Um, most most uh, meditators would tell you, well, if we don't go in with any expectation, then it's going to work immediately, right? If we can be expectation free, and whatever comes of the process is what comes of it, then um, I think everybody would be pleasantly surprised. If we expect it to solve our life's problems or fix all of our anxieties or uh, we do one meditation and we're not depressed, that's not a reasonable expectation. Um, but I think that we can see no matter what, um, we can see, you know, kind of improved symptoms on things that we're working with. If we are habitually anxious, I would argue that one or two um, mindfulness sessions that can be 
quite literally as small as five to 10 seconds of focusing breath work and, and doing a grounding technique, um, we can see pretty decreased anxiety symptoms, even if it's for a minute or two minutes at a time. Um, that becomes pretty important, actually. And if we integrate that throughout the day, it can help us to kind of sustain a, a healthier mental baseline. Okay. So you talked about, you just mentioned the word a, a grounding. Did you call it a grounding moment? Yeah, like a, gr- a grounding technique. Technique, or okay. So what would what what would be that? Like taking a deep breath, closing your eyes? Yeah, that that I think is the, the classic thing that you would picture is uh, focusing on the breath and, and really uh, finding an anchor within ourselves. That's something that... Um, I do frequently. And some folks uh, don't find focusing on their breath very comfortable, for instance. A lot of people, if, uh, I have some folks actually that I had worked with that have COPD, so they don't want to focus on their breath at all, right? They have no interest in doing that. Um, but thankfully, we can do it in a lot of capacities. So um, for me, I do like to do breath work. Um, but you can also just focus on maybe like a, a light source, right? That's something. Uh, so I have a couple of folks that kind of they speak very highly of this. I have not been very successful with it, but meditating eyes open um, with a candle and just focusing on the flame, right? And and intentionally bringing our attention back to the flame. And anytime that our mind wanders, um, we bring that thought back to the flame. Um, there's also a lot of folks uh, who do walking uh, kind of mindfulness practices. So paying attention to our feet touching the ground, paying attention to the things that are going on around us. Um, those informal techniques are what really adds up the time. Um, if we do a 10 or 15 minute formal practice once a day, I think that's lovely, but we can get a lot more than 10 or 15 minutes in our day. If, if we're just practicing being a little bit more mindful and, and grounding ourselves anytime that we feel stress with, with, you know, 10 or 15 seconds of breath work, or maybe just taking a stroll while getting up from your desk, taking a minute just to feel what it feels like to walk. I know that seems like a, a strange thing, but we don't focus on those sensations. They become very autopiloted. And unfortunately, um, if we don't pay attention to those things, a lot of our life can go on autopilot. So can this be uh, effective for anybody at any age? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the thing that's incredible is um, mindfulness doesn't, you know, mindfulness practices, they don't cost any money. I mean, they, they can, but realistically, you don't need them. If um, If you have a a little bit of interest in doing it. That's really all that you need. A little, a level of curiosity and a, and a personal level of openness is really all that you need. Um, it, you don't have to be physically fit to do this. Um, you don't even have to be handy capable to do this. Um, as, as long as you can, you can practice, you can find a couple of ways in which might um, help you get there. There's all kinds of mindfulness practices, uh, things that we've not touched on. Right, a lot of people like to do mantra work, for instance. Um, so, speaking into a, mon- a mantra and and just following that mantra for uh, three minutes, five minutes, and that's 10 repeating minutes. a it, phrase over and over. Yes, again. Okay. yes, and there's there's all kinds of those that, that and people find great success with that, just because um, it's a little bit more integrated. So we're we're using our voice, and we can feel a little bit more like we're in it. But what we're really doing again is we're just focusing on one thing and allowing the rest of our brain to to kind of relax. And every time it goes off, we get to do that mental rep, right? So that's uh, that's very important. Yeah, when you said when your mind goes off, so I my question is for those who think I can't shut my brain off long enough and be still, mm-hmm. you know, or to I can't it can't envision staring at a candle and mm-hmm. then like not be thinking, oh, I should be doing the dishes or did I do this? 
how do you help people get past that? I can't shut my brain off to be able to focus on this one thing. Well, you know, actually, that's no one can. <laughs> for one, nobody, nobody. If anybody can tell you that they have a, a per, they can get to a place where they have a perfectly clear mind and they are thought free. Uh, they're liars. <laughs> so, no one can do that. Absolutely not. Um, and people who have a busy mind, well, that, that means that you have um, a lot of opportunities to kind of grow, right? And so every time that our mind is distracted in, in a meditation or even just a mindfulness practice, whether we're maybe doing a, a mindful walk, um, if we're mindfully listening to somebody, um, we get a lot of opportunities to have those reps, right? So every single time our mind goes off of what we're doing, if we just gently remind ourselves to go back to what we're focusing on, maybe it's the breath. Um, if we gently go back to that place and we can think about the breath for one or two seconds before we're thinking, hmm, what am I going to have for dinner next? Or <laughs> I wonder what's going on um, in an hour from now. Or gosh, I can't believe I said that stupid thing 20 minutes ago. Um, every time we go to that place, that's actually ideal. That's exactly what we want to do. Um, you know, meditation is not about uh, progress. It's about experiencing a process and really, really living by that process. So um, if you can't shut your mind off, you're the perfect candidate for this. Um, and that also means that you're very much so human. Yes. Well, and I love what you said. There are so many different ways to approach this. You don't have to you know, sit on the floor with your legs crossed and your eyes shut. You can sit, lay down, walk through nature. There's so many different things. And like you said, what works for one person may not work for you, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other things out there that, that you can try. Right. Absolutely. And, and something that I think, um, you know, this is, this is a mixture of a formal and an informal practice. It can be both is, is mindfully listening. Like I had mentioned earlier, um, I think unfortunately, oftentimes when we're talking to people, we're waiting for, okay, well, what am I going, what's my rebuttal what's going my to response, be to this, right? Yes. Well, how, how am I going to follow up with this? Um, I would encourage anybody to, maybe if you a partner, a friend, even a coworker, just have, ask them a question and tell them that you're not going to respond to them. You just want to hear maybe about their day and just listen to them for two minutes and see how many times your mind goes away. And, and just bring it back to that conversation. And that is actually a very powerful <laughs> mindfulness practice because it is kind of difficult. Um, and we realize, hey, we're not listening very well either. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. As long as we're being gentle and compassionate with ourselves and we, and we have a realization of this, we can do this all the time. Every time you're talking with someone, if you're 10% more engaged, right? And we do these practices. We're ten percent more engaged in our in our uh, relationships, and maybe we're ten percent less anxious, and and we're experiencing our depressive symptoms ten percent less. Uh, that adds a lot of quality of life when when we start to think about it that way. Even if it's one percent, one percent can be the difference uh, that really can get somebody through a very difficult day. So Dakota, we've we've opened our eyes to the benefits of mindfulness, and I thought it was different than meditation but it's a part of meditation i liked your analogy about how meditation is the exercise mindfulness is the after effect of it so just kind of wrap things up for us um for people who are interested in mindfulness what should they do to get started um i honestly think that the your best friend is going to be the internet right if you type in meditation if you type in guided meditation if you type in mindfulness practice any of those things the resources are unbelievable actually. And that's because the people who have found um, the benefit in this and are willing to engage are very excited about it because they know the power that it can have. So the internet is going to be your best friend. Um, But really, you can can get a great start 
just looking on YouTube, going to Spotify. Um, obviously, tons of books. An author I would suggest is uh, the late Rob Doss. Uh, wonderful work and lots of excellent meditation, mindfulness stuff there. Um, the resources really are endless. I Just get curious and, and go for it, and you will find some things, I think, that can change your life. All right. Great advice. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's All been right. lovely. <laughs> have a great day. You too. Thanks. As Dakota mentioned in the show, not all techniques will work for everyone, and that's the beauty of mindfulness. There are just so many options. So just give it a try, and if one thing doesn't seem to click, try something else. There's lots of online resources out there to help you get started on the path to mindfulness. We hope you'll join us again soon. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you know when new shows are available. And remember to always speak to your own healthcare provider if you have questions or concerns about your physical or mental health. For Health Styles, this is Lori Banks. I hope you have a great day.